friends, you are listening to the Show Up Podcast, and I am your host, Natalie Norton. Today, I am just buzzing with passion and excitement as I have the opportunity to introduce you to today's spectacular guest, Meg Conley. Meg is something else. Meg has this uncanny ability to reach into the heart of a thing, and it could be an event or a struggle or an issue, or even even something as intangible and fleeting as a feeling or an emotion. And to write the truth of that thing in a way that, that makes myself and so many of the hundreds of others who follow Meg and engage with what she does feel seen and to feel valued and understood. And and no, it's it's not just that. There's there's this fierce, um, this fierce kind of tenderness to the way that Meg writes. And and yes, you heard me right, because somehow in the same breath, this woman has the capacity to be both fierce and tender. She's she's fierce and she's bold and she's fiery and she's direct. And she's also so unbelievably empathic and gentle and tender and she's kind. Meg is a woman who asks the right questions in the right ways. She asks them at the right times. And and this gives all of those who are on this journey along with her the gift of um, a new kind of reflection, of a deeper dive. Um, she helps us. She helps us to look into the shadow spaces, that these spaces that we normally wouldn't notice, and and if we did notice them, we may not understand them. And then it's there, where she helps us find deeper compassion and a heightened sense of our own responsibility and more um, radiant and and exquisite love. Guys, (laughs) I could really go on and on. I'm just so, so honored to have Meg as a guest on the show. And so since our first encounter years ago, Meg and I, we haven't had the opportunity to reconnect again in real life until just a few weeks ago when I got to hear her speak live at the Alt Summit in Palm Springs. And that speech... Guys, my jaw is still on the floor. It was so good. It was so good, in fact, that when I found out that somehow, somehow no one had made a recording of her live presentation, I basically had to force Meg to deliver the speech again to me, Natalie Norton, audience of one, so that each of you could have the tremendous gift of being able to experience some of the energy and the inspiration that Meg delivered to those of us who were, in fact, lucky enough to be present with her in that room. So you'll hear excerpts of that speech delivered by Meg to me for all of you periodically throughout the length of our conversation today. Friends, if you're eight or 18 or 80, no matter where you live, no matter your religious or political affiliation, no matter your marital status or your gender or your profession or your lack thereof, no matter what, the message of this wonderful conversation with the incandescent Meg Conley is for you. We find the right lighting and the right setting and the right colors, and we take a picture or make a dress or build a product and work to get the attention of those scrolling on their phones or sifting through their browsers. And then once we attract and occupy their attention, we're like, engaged, you and me, you and me. 
when their attention drifts to some other well-lit square on Instagram, we're like, hey, 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 don't look away. I got your attention and now you owe me. You are now morally obligated to me. We are bound, you and me. Now like this picture of my kid. Engaging for Good uses a similar formula, but radically different medium. It requires us to put down our phones and explore an uncurated world. It means letting the needs outside of our well-lit communities attract and occupy our attention. Once they do, we are in debt to them. Once we see it, the need that surrounds us gets to be like, hey, 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 I know you saw me. Don't look away, you owe me. Now that I have your attention, you are morally obligated to help. Engaging for good means understanding that the privilege of our platforms binds us to the work of making things better. It means being more concerned about who and what you are engaging with than who or what engages with you. Welcome to the Show Up Podcast with me, your host, Natalie Norton. This podcast is all about having the courage to be a really good human and living the kind of life that genuinely fires you up every single day. Are you ready to become your best self and truly show up for your life, come what may? Me too. Let's do this thing. Everyone can make the world a better place. As Miles Morales tells us, everyone can wear the mask. You each can and do wear the mask. And here, if I was Oprah, there would be like spider people themed Hanukkah masks under your seat. But um, I'm not Oprah, so there are no masks. I'm sorry. Do you have a business? You have power. Do you have more than two followers on any given platform? You have power. Do you produce something? Anything? Power. Could you figure out how to be sitting in this room today instead of being somewhere else? Power. This is a room of powerful people, so it's also got to be a room of responsible people. Like, it's not just about you. It's about the message, you know? And, right. And I think that that's the reason, honestly, I'm just jumping right in because yeah. I'll, I'll introduce you later. But I think that that's the reason that um, I, really, it's the reason that I do everything that I do. Um, because... I, I've been a little bit disenchanted, as so many of us have, with the current state of all the things. Yeah. Like, at first, I was going to say, like, social media, right? How or do like you this pick? Whole it's all bad yeah, right now. I know. I know. I know. It is. It's so challenging, and it's scary. And, you know, I've got little kids who are starting to pay attention. Yeah. And because they're becoming bigger kids, and it's frightening to them, and it's also shaping who they are. Absolutely. And all these things just, they all they all come together and they just create a very tricky environment, right? And so as I listened to you present this, I don't even know what to call it. It's almost like a call to arms. Oh my goodness. I just, no, I really, like there was this part in my heart that was like, yes, 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 yes. Like this is everything that um, my, it, that that's the entire message behind show up, right? Yeah. And I'm not trying to like hijack this at No, all. no, but I, yes, I think that's true. And so as you were reading it, like I, I was so emotional. I was so emotional. And when you, when you presented it at Alt Summit, I like, 
I know I gave you a standing ovation, but there were like 10 times in the middle that I like had to keep myself from standing up and clapping. Oh, <laughs> that's amazing. That but so the crying. thing is, is don't you feel like there's so many of us who are just sort of waiting for like this kind of permission to maybe show up a little differently? Yes, I I think that there is a real desire to be engaged and there's a real uncertainty about the best way to do it. For a long time, I thought the uncertainty was um, that especially women in America just kind of have their plates very full of home and career, um, dysfunction and function, (laughs) PMS, not PMS. (laughs) (laughs) um, But I actually, I don't know necessarily that that is where the uncertainty is coming from anymore. I feel like the uncertainty is that they want to move forward, they want to build, they want to engage, but they want to do all those things without also doing harm. And I oh, think Amen. Yes. And amen. I, I think that as we become more aware, we've realized that while we're trying to help, often what we're doing is harming. And so actually, I'm so glad that you're bringing this up. Yeah. And so I think that what happens then is we, um, we stop building, we stop engaging and we, um, stand by the sidelines, but you can't support if you're on the sidelines, right? You have to be engaged, but it might mean, um, using your platform to amplify other voices and supporting things that are already in place instead of, um, uh, moving in with your worldview and your the certainty you have within your four walls. Yes, yes. I'm actually. This is the that was just perfect because uh, one of the things that um, that stood out to me so much in um, in your. I really, I seriously like just need a name for it. Like, 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 <laughs> I, I'm, I, I'm, I, it's, it's not often that I'm at a complete loss for words. I'm so, I I'm like, so pleased to be witnessing this right now. I know. Like, I'm I like, is it an anthem? All uh, right. Is it an anthem? Is it like, um, uh, what is it called? Not like a mission statement, but like, like a, a manifesto. Um, a manifesto. Uh, yeah. Exactly. Well, I, it's, it's tricky because listen, what have we been doing on social media for years? We've been converting people, right? We've been converting people to color schemes, to um, a certain way to shelve your objects, yeah, to vignettes, to a perception of what, um, to what we hope you perceive us to be. Like, uh, social media has been about conversion, but I think that what we're realizing is it can't be about conversion anymore. It has to be about actually engaging with the real world and bringing some of that into our well-lit squares and realizing that we're not supposed to be broadcasting, we're supposed to be using our platforms to listen and lift. And um, that's kind of a shift, right? We all have several communities we understand in this way. Work, church, our family, a particularly dedicated soul cycle cohort. You know your own communities, you know the needs there. But building community can't just be about the people that already belong to yours. It has to include supporting the work in communities that are not immediately our own. How do you find communities that are not like yours? You get out into the world, you get humble, you assume you don't know, you ask questions, you listen to the answers, and then you get to work. A great shortcut here is to find already existing movements within new to you communities. Find places and people you can work for and with 
rather than creating some big new thing and trying to save the world all by yourself. Much of the work that needs to be done is already being done by people who know the needs of their communities better than you ever will. I think we have this need to walk in and save people, to impose our values, our systems, our way, and that is not what I am talking about here. Have you ever been in a business meeting and you're tackling a tough problem with your team and some dude comes in, spends three whole seconds surveying the scene and is like, all right, I'll save the day. Here's what you do. But you're thinking, what? You don't even know what's going on here. I don't need you to save the day. I could use some resources, time, ideas, funds. So if you've got some of those to contribute, great. But otherwise, like, get out of here. Okay, so don't be the dude who walks into the room. Mostly people don't need saviors. They just need support. They need resources. And sisters, you've got resources. They need help raising awareness. They need people manning desks and knocking on doors. They need writers and graphic designers. They need marketing strategists and fundraisers. They need products donated and they need stories heard. They need woman power. The thing that stands out to me, maybe above and beyond anything else, is um, what I believe to be the the undercurrent of everything that you're talking about, which is being able to affect positive change. And I think that, like you were saying earlier, often we don't want to, it's because we don't want to do harm. And that's certainly where I sit. Like I'm always so concerned to the point of, I think, hyperanalyzing situations and maybe yes. uh, limiting my ability to mm -hmm. help and to contribute because I don't want to get in the way. I don't want to overstep boundaries, right? Um, and that can, that can be really debilitating in our capacity yeah. to give. I think another thing that a lot of us experience, and I have certainly been in this space in the past, is in that space of not seeing like I, not feeling as though I have the capacity or I have anything unique to provide or that I have any kind of contribution to make. And the thing that you talked about in this speech that was so profoundly powerful to me was that, that you really, you looked at every single person in the room, and I know that the message extended far beyond those four walls, and told everyone, you have power. You have power. You have the ability to contribute. And not only do you have the ability and the talents and the, the gifts and the light and all those wonderful things to contribute, but you also have the responsibility to do so. That word, responsibility. Sorry, guys. <laughs> no, please talk to me about that. Uh, well, uh, this, is, this is a hard one, right? Because yeah. I am essentially a stay-at-home mother of three children um, in the Bay Area in a place where the first question people ask you is, what do you do? And when you say, yeah. oh, I occasionally write but mostly right now I'm mother, their eyes kind of glaze over and then they move on to the next person. <laughs> I mean, I mean, it's so ridiculous because I'm like this white middle-class woman and I still have a real sense of powerlessness here because um, the things that are valued here, I don't participate in yeah. at this season in my life, right? Yeah. And, um, well, and it just goes to show how much our, 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 our environment affects um, our conditioning, right? Absolutely. Because this is, that is such an empowering geographical area as it relates to right. all kinds of things. Yeah. But you are an outlier. 
definitely in out- terms of the cultural conditioning there. Yeah. Yes. And it's a lovely place and I'm very happy to be here, but I have had a real sense of um, powerlessness. I have felt feeble since I have been here. Oh, that hurts um, my heart. I- <laughs> Because you're one of the most powerful and influential people that I know. Oh, you are so kind. Well, it's all about my perception, right? And my perception is wrong. Because it's like I said. Yes, it's about your own perception. You guys, do you hear that? It's about her perception. Can we just like reiterate that again? Okay, continue. Sorry. I'm the worst interrupter. My perception is wrong. Feel free to reiterate that also because that is often an issue. (laughs) Listen, I anybody can affect change. And if you have any sort of platform even if it's just that your kitchen table that has children around it, like that's a platform, right? And you have a responsibility, not just to speak out, but to engage with difficult things. I think that right now, um, as I interact with my community on social media, um, as I interact with people um, on Medium where I write, what I'm finding is just a willingness to engage with hard things that don't have immediate answers. That's also a way to build. And we are all in a space right now where we seem to appreciate that and want to investigate that further. Um, I think just using our platforms to say, I don't know, um, will you not know with me? And then see yes. what we can build out of the not knowing. Yeah, um, and just what what, we, what can we create? What can we create here right. out of the curiosity and out of just having open palms and just saying, right. here's this thing that we aren't sure about and we don't know what to do with, right. but we're going to keep our palms open right? and we're going to see what comes and what we create together. Well, and I think that that's an interesting, new, exciting thing that's happening on social media because as I've said before, social media... Um, used to be about conversion, converting people to your way of life, but now it's becoming about communion, communing mm. with people where yeah. they are sitting and standing right now. And where you are sitting and standing right now is where you have um, uh, can have the most impact. And yes. so, and so for me in Oakland, that has meant okay. Um, I'm sitting and standing in a school district where the teachers aren't paid enough. Or I am sitting and standing in a place where um, we have some of the highest rates of homelessness in the nation. Well, what's the little thing that I can do to engage with that? And the little things are things like making lunch bags with my kids and taking them to the homeless encampment. But then there are also people doing really big things. And so I show up to the people who are doing big things and I say, I have these two little hands. You're organizing hundreds of little hands. Tell me where to put my hands and oh, do this I work. Love that. And and then and then my little platform joins their big platform and we're able to get some pretty cool shit done. Yes, thank oh, you. Can I thank curse you. Your, you can curse all you want. So, if your heart if your heart is full of a curse, please let that curse out into the world. My heart is always full of a curse. I want your heart curse. Because <laughs> I think that that's the other lie that social media has told us for a long time and that we told ourselves is that you have to, whatever you do, you have to do it on your own because you're contained in this little box. Well, that's not accurate, right? And so mostly building means going to find people who are already doing the work and asking them, okay, where do you want me to lift? Yes. Like you show me where I can help you and they're going to show you. And then, you know, you share it on your Instagram page or you write about it on Facebook or you tell some friends over lunch and and then suddenly they're in on it too. And it's kind of yeah. like this cool sisterly 
revolution. Yeah, it's, it's this ability support. to amplify. It's about yes. amplification and support. And I think that what happens is we all have this desire to do something grand and wonderful, but grand and wonderful things are brought about by small and simple ones. Yes. And why in the world are we reinventing the wheel over and over and yes. over again? Because every time we do that, we're losing ground and we're losing time and we're losing energy that could be invested somewhere where change is already being affected. Right. And but a lot of it comes down to first of all having humility and being willing to say, you know what? I don't need to be at the forefront of this. I don't need to be the door through which others must must walk in order to do this good thing. Right. It what requires some humility. Exactly. <laughs> and it's hard. It's so hard. <laughs> another thing I really want to touch on, another thread I want to pull about something you said earlier. Um you were talking about, you know, affecting change and being powerful and and having influence over the people around your table even. Mm -hmm. And the word that came to my mind over and over again was stewardship. And that is a word that I just resonate with on such a a complete level. And for a lot of people, it's tricky because for a lot of people, there's like a religious or a spiritual connotation to that. Um, But again, that's paradigm, right? Or that's Mm -hmm. perception. And this podcast and everything that I'm doing and everything that you're doing and so many, there's like this revolution, this uprising that's taking place among so many individuals. And it's this desire to answer the call that's coming from within to show up and be more and do more wide awake and to give all that we can without waiting for someone to tell us what to do, without waiting for permission, without waiting for everyone around us to to join the crusade, yeah. but just stepping forward and showing up for that stirring that we yeah. feel within ourselves. And so when it comes to stewardship or when it comes to power, and this is what I just so desperately want people to understand, it's about being a steward of the light within you. And now, yes, there's 57,000 ways that we could say this same thing. This is the way I'm going to say it right now, but we could interpret this, we could change language, we could, this could be so different in every single individual perspective and paradigm in their Mm -hmm. lives. Mm -hmm. But what I see and what I want people to start to, to continue, not to start, but to continue to wake up to, is first of all, their stewardship over and their responsibility to the light within themselves, right? And then, to realize that as they show up for that stirring and that light that they feel within them, guess what happens? They give that light to others. Sure. And then others are able to show up more completely for the light within themselves. And it is this virtuous like snowball effect of light and goodness. Because I really do believe that the stirrings that we feel come from from some kind of divine source. For me, it's God. For others, I, I just don't really care <laughs> right. where what they've framed, the way that they've framed it. But what I do care about is that there is a recognition that we are all in this together, created of the of the same divine magic, so to speak. Yeah. And that when we recognize that it's no longer about me and my platform and my door and you and what you're doing and you over there doing your thing and I'm doing it this way. And you're it's just about let's do it. Yes. Let's hold hands and let's do this stuff together right now. Well, and you know, as you were talking and you were talking about recognizing the light within yourself, that is so difficult. And then I also have to say, as you were saying that, my immediate thought was one of the greatest, most humbling lessons I've learned really over the past five years is um, recognizing that light in others and asking them to share their light with me. Yes. And, um, oh. That has been a journey because um, it's humbling, it's 
scary. Sometimes their light comes in a hue that is different from mine. It illuminates mm-hmm. different corners of myself that I am yeah. have not afraid of. Potentially, yeah, you're potentially yeah. afraid of. They force paradigm shifts. Um, there have been, you know, communities I've worked with here in Oakland where I've had to realize as I was working with them that my attitudes, my previous attitudes were harmful, um, at worst, at best, not helpful. And I've been instructed. And I think being willing to be instructed, um, before instructing others, that, especially as a woman, when you're like, I'm just figuring out how to get my voice out there. And now I got to be quiet and listen again. And it's like, yeah, 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 sometimes you do. Um, Well, it's that coveyism, seek first to understand, right? Exactly. It's so silly. And like, I I feel so watered down because it's what we're all saying all the time, you know? know, And I, (laughs) yeah, it may be a cliche, but that doesn't make it less true. But it is seek first to understand, get into an environment and understand, do your best. And you're not going to be able to. Understanding that you will never be able to understand right. is maybe at the heart of all of it, right? Well, because if you haven't walked though? it, yeah. right? I mean, that's just, though. I, I was telling someone the other day that in my 20s, I wrote declarations, but in my, um, I don't have declarations anymore. Now in my 30s, um, I just am learning the, the work of my 30s is to find which uh, questions carry me forward. And almost none of the questions oh. have answers. Almost none of them. That is so good, Meg. <laughs> oh, my gosh. And it was so funny because, you know, I wrote it on my website because it's very true. You know, I just read it. And I was telling someone that I'd realized that's like what my 30s are about. And she just, she thought I was a little ridiculous because she was like, well, if you never find answers, how are the questions moving you forward? And I'm like, well, because they move me to the next question. And I've just gotten to the point where I just think asking the right questions and developing empathy within the question is the whole point. Like I'm just over answers. Yes. And see, let's think about that for a second. Like maybe even as, so we're asking questions and we're going to receive, we're going to receive knowledge and answers, right? And this isn't just asking questions of others. This is also asking questions of ourselves. Yes. This is asking questions of, of God. This is asking questions of our family members, of our neighbors, of, of everyone, right? But what if, we take away the box that holds the answers and we let the line that that confines things be more fluid. Sure. And just keep allowing space. Just because we get an, we receive some kind of an answer, that doesn't mean that it has to be concrete. Well, right. now I know. Right. It's just right. that now we have a little bit more. <laughs> right. Right. And now we can see a little bit more clearly. Right. Right. Yeah. It's and even when you do get an answer. Figuring it out. Yeah. Mostly it just leads to another question. Yeah. Like, yes. So- I love that. But I've, that's exciting now. In my 20s, that would have oh, so terrified stressful. me. Yeah. Oh, yeah, me too. Yeah. Me too. Yeah. And um, especially because in my 20s, I had a lot of trauma and I needed definitive things. Yes. I really did. I needed to hold on to definitive right. things There's in no order shame. to not... Yeah, right? right? It's just a different season. It, you yeah, have exactly. to be gentle with that one, that person, you know? Yes. But, but yes. then you progress past that person eventually. Ex- yes. yes. I'll progress yes, yes, past yes, yes, this yes. person too, and I'll be gentle mm-hmm. with who I was in my 30s, I hope, also. Yes. So. And and also, we don't have to always think of progression as being a hierarchical thing. Right. What if it's oh. like a cyclical thing, yes, right? Yeah, circle, and, right? Yeah. yeah. And yes. So, girl, we could go on about that for like 100, <laughs> 100 million years. But I'm going to push you on something right now. Okay. Because okay. you started to say something and then you retracted it. And okay, I don't even know what? that you're aware of it. You said something about your, you were talking about your website and you're like, we just, we just like revamped or we just did something, updated your website or something that you did recently that you updated. What were you talking about? Oh, so I am 
I've, well, I've changed my website. So it used to be this blog, but I'm publishing other places now. So it's more like um, this landing page where you can find selected essays. And then, you know, the big push is that I'll be directing you to the other places I've published my work now. But that was yes. kind of a scary thing. That was yeah, kind well, of the reason I'm going to, I'm going to interrupt you for a second here. Cause the reason that I pushed you on it is because yeah. I know you well enough to know that you would realize, oh, someone might see that as being self-promotional. Yeah, it, did, it felt icky. Right. So I took it right back. And then you pull it right back. And I'm sitting here like listening and thinking like, oh my gosh, please, for the love of all that is holy, do what you're telling the rest of us to do. You know what I, I mean? Just, <laughs> I don't, you worry about, inflict, you don't want to like inflict yourself on others. You I know? Don't, yeah, yeah. But I promise you, Meg, any person listening to this is is truly thinking, where in the world can I connect with this woman, right? You're and how so can lovely. I get more of this? Oh, so well. I just wanted to make sure that we looped back and we will, we will share all of the different ways for you to get in touch with Meg and to connect with Meg at the end of this episode. So for those of you who are out there, like, like hyperventilating, like, how do I get more Meg in my life? I promise that we will make that accessible to you. Um, But I have to push Meg a little bit on those things because she doesn't love my compliments. I'm like a gusher, like words of affirmation is like my thing. Right. I'm like, I'm like like, curled in the fetal position. I know. I was after Meg gave her speech, this is just a little like, detour for a second, guys. After Meg gave this wonderful, like, jaw-dropping speech at Alt Summit, I, like, found her out in the little corridor, and I'm, like, telling her how awesome she did. You guys, she was physically inching away from me as I spoke. Like, like I'm literally moving her body, like, away towards the door because she just did not. It's hard. And I know I a lot felt, of people like, out if there If you had been, like, it. lobbing it's... rocks at me, that would have felt more comfortable. <laughs> Like, I would have been like, oh, yeah, I can take this. This is fine. Oh, oh. see, and I see your calling is, differs from mine in some ways. I believe that my calling is in part to shine people's, like, reflect people's own worth and capacity back on them. That's beautiful. And not, and I don't do it intentionally all the time. Like, it's not like I'm sitting there thinking, let me tell you how amazing you are through my point of view. It's not like that at all. It just naturally, it's my inclination. Sure. And, um, and that's why I've come to just own it and accept it as a gift. I think that you have a very significant gift and a significant uh, message and mission as it relates to empowerment and as it relates to waking people up in a way that is loving and empathic and balanced and fair. Because oh, I feel like one I love of the that. I'm crying. Uh, well, I'm so glad. Please cry. Please just keep on crying. Let it all out. Let it all out. Your, we'll take your tears and your heart swears. Okay. Hear it show up. <laughs> but I, I really though, like I just in the past, I feel like a lot of us have struggled with making, I'm not gonna say making big leaps, but but shifting paradigms because the experience of gaining new ways of viewing the world or new constructs, new ways that others perhaps think and feel has been a very jarring one. Yeah. Because of the delivery mechanism. Yes. And I'm not not that anyone's wrong. Everyone's gonna do things differently and there are places for all things. There are circles for all things, but there's something unique about the way that you show up with empathy and with compassion, but also with courage. You're willing to say what's what 
but you never, to my, in my experience, I have never heard you do so in a way that undercuts anything anyone else may be feeling on a really fundamental level. And that's what makes the work that you do so accessible. And I just want, especially in the current climate where we're all just programmed really to have this yes. knee-jerk reaction towards conflict and towards self-protection and towards uh, being combative. I'm just so incredibly thankful for the energy that you're bringing to this space and um, the way that the way that you're doing what you're doing. I really, really appreciate that. Um, it's been a very as she's as she's backing away from the microphone <laughs> like, and like well, almost no, out the front door. It's very validating because it's been very deliberate. Um, I, oh, I love. Thank you for owning that. Thank you for owning that. It has. It's I'm been, so proud of you. It's been so so deliberate. I. Um, in in my early 20s, I had a very difficult time with women specifically. I'm heavily introverted. I didn't know how to talk to them. They made me nervous. And it, it's actually the only time that I've prayed about anything and like um, gotten a literal answer. Um, I just prayed about it for months and maybe years, like unconsciously. And one day I just woke up with this very like healed heart. And um, I have loved women. <laughs> Like just truly loved all women everywhere <laughs> since that morning. Yeah. It was like this miraculous thing. And I felt like I could see people and um, I want people to feel seen and I want them to feel heard. And I want them to know that, uh, especially women, that we can talk about difficult things um, in a way that is loving and validating and that we can disagree with each other, but still build together. And um, yes. that has been, I feel like if you had to ask, like, what is the work of your life? Like, I hope that is the work of my life. And I, um, and I think that every time that I sit down to write, especially about these things that are polarizing, like when I wrote about the family separations at the border, that is a very yeah. difficult subject. And there's a lot tied up into that for people on both sides of the aisle in the middle yeah. of the aisle. And so I just thought, how can I express what I'm feeling? But then it, in a way that brings people to me, even if mm -hmm. they don't agree with me, as opposed yeah. to a way that pushes people away. Yeah. Um, but it, it's deliberate and it takes time. It does. <laughs> and, it, and it's what we're all so hungry for. So thank you for staying oh, in you're that so space <laughs> and keeping pushing forward because I think there's so many of us who would love more information just in general. I'm going to use that word very generally um, as it relates to all the things. And sure. yet, because I don't, I, I mean, this isn't just about politics. Like this is about every facet of yes. our lives. We want yes. to learn more and see more and experience more and have more space inside of us to hold the suffering of others and to hold the joy of others and to hold all the things. Yeah. And we just need a way to do it that doesn't feel um, like it, it requires us to throw out a part of who we are right. or a part of how we identify where we realize we just need a space where we can do this and hold everything and that everything's safe and welcome and that nothing is a threat to anything else. Right. And we're just able to explore without creating feeling like a, we're in danger. Creating a, a community of communion. Yes. Um, and, and I think... I think I'm seeing more of that lately. Oh, I do too. Yeah. Don't you feel that way? Oh, totally. I, I think there's a lot of people about this work right now, um, which is really, really exciting. And um, 
and I, I hope it's happening again in the physical realm as well as the social realm. I feel like I'm seeing it both places. Yeah. Well, I what my hope always is that over time people are learning, and this is what I'm seeing little by little, and I'm hopeful that people are learning to not draw such a distinct line between what's happening socially on the social networks and things and what's happening in their real lives. Right. That there's less of like um, a dichotomy or less <laughs> of... Right. Um, yeah. And it's, and it's tricky though, because I also recognize that... that I, let's not even get into it. Like, let's simply say I recognize that there are there's space for many different ways of being on social platforms. Yes, yes. Um, ab- there's editorial and well, yes. and you know, I a, a comment I get regularly from followers who like happen to meet me in real life is, <laughs> uh, "You're one of the only people I've met who is exactly the same online as in real life." Mm. Um, and what a compliment. I, well, yeah, I don't always know that that's a compliment. So, I mean, it's a, it's a two-edged sword, I guess is all yeah, I'm saying. Exactly. Yeah. I, that's, I don't necessarily know that that is necessary or even um, one of, something one I of, suggest. One of my <laughs> very favorite quotes, like, over the years is, and this goes, this speaks to everything that we've been talking about, really. It's, like, such a well, it's very thorough <laughs> in its application. <laughs> the idea being that no matter how thin a pancake is, there are still two sides yeah and um yeah that let's let's just leave it at that because yeah. we only have a few <laughs> more minutes here and to me the most one of the most powerful things that that you have shared with me in recent months and specifically in that alt summit presentation that i just can't stop talking about um was this exact phrase the privilege of our platforms that just made my bones rattle in the like a rumbling in the most wonderful wonderful way will you talk about that just for a moment yeah okay well um uh, i can we go back a couple hundred years yes (laughs) Um, please okay so i think that we don't understand how amazing it is that we can just press literally press a button that says publish um on anything that we're doing at any time whether it's a blog or sharing a story to Instagram or something on Facebook. Um, for most of human history, uh, women especially have not been able to even write their thoughts down because they were traditionally illiterate. If yeah. they could write them down, um, the paper was expensive and the ink often ran dry. Um, once there were printing presses, there were still um, enormous hurdles to overcome in order to get this thing that you had written down to a printing press and then distributed um, things like the Catholic Church, like had licensing um, restrictions to the fact that it was just so prohibitively expensive to print, you know, three copies of a book, let alone 300 or 3,000. This day and age that we're living in is um, wondrous. Uh, Anyone, but especially a woman, can have a thought, an insight, a revelation, and she can type it up on her phone um, while buying groceries at the supermarket, or she can sit down and uh, during a break from work, write it down, and then she just presses publish, (laughs) you know, share. And suddenly this big or little thought that she's had can be read by everyone. And that has never, ever happened before. That is amazing. So that's what I'm talking about when I talk about the privilege of our platforms. Um, we are truly the first generation 
of women that has been able to think and then say and then share. And that is a privilege and we need to live up to that privilege. And part of living up to that privilege means helping others, making the world a better place and amplifying the voices of um, everyone, but especially the women in our communities who are too often forgotten, passed over, um, disenfranchised, disenfranchised, underserved. Um, the great thing about women is that like, we've always been advocates. I mean, mm-hmm. like even Eve is like, come on, eat the apple. <laughs> like, get it done. Gosh, you've got work to do. Like this is our heritage. Right. And so, um, oh, I've so, never loved you more. <laughs> yeah. So we need to live up to that. And yes. so, um, I think that we have a heritage of advocacy and, um, really for the first time in human history, we hold the, the power in our hands. I mean, that's what your iPhone is. And so, um, we need to be wielding that for good. And that's, that's where the responsibility that comes in. Um, it's exciting. And, and I, I would, I shudder to think of what happens if we waste the opportunity. Um, oh my gosh. Amen. It's too much. And so, um, but I the think- The cost is so high. The cost? Not just like in the yes. world, but also like in the lives in direct proximity to us every day. Yes. Every single day. Yes. And, and the, the, the cost is too high if we don't do it, but the cost to do it is very low. Like, <laughs> Amen. Thank you, for, I mean, thank you for clarifying that. And so yeah. that, that is, that is um, getting out into your world, even just physically- for 20 minutes today and supporting somebody's uh, somebody's work is that that's just very doable for mm-hmm. almost all of us. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and then even five minutes, even five, five minutes right? makes a difference. Yes. Right. I, like, uh, yeah. I, and, 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 you know, if it's a day when you don't have a lot of time, okay. So then those days I'll go on to Instagram and I'll be like, uh, what voice am I not hearing? What, mm. what woman, could be instructing me right now. And um, I go and I go and find a new teacher like on yeah. Instagram and I, or who needs to be seen or who, who needs, needs to be, to be loved. Seen. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, and with great power as Meg and her Comes dear, her, her muse, <laughs> yes, her muse, Peter Parker or Peter Porker, as the case may be <laughs> with great power. I'll let you finish us. With great power comes great responsibility. And we have, we have great power. If you are listening to this podcast, that means that you have this device and you have these thoughts and you have uh, the need to do more or else you wouldn't be interacting with Natalie Norton. And so um, you have great power and you've got great responsibility, but there's a great sisterhood and we can do it together. It doesn't, it doesn't have to be too hard. Meg, 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 thank you so much for thank being you. here. So much for being here. Where can people find you? So Meg Conley, Instagram. Yeah, MegConley.com is my website. And then on Instagram and Twitter, I'm at underscore Meg Conley. And um, I talk a lot about good, hard things. And it's funny and irreverent. And um, I love, oh, especially my Instagram community. I just, I'm lifelong friendships on there. It's a real, it's been a real blessing to me. I'm so, so pleased with that. I love, I love how you said it's funny and it's irreverent and it is also, it's also inclusive. It, I hope Everything so. that she shares, I, I just am so impressed with how, how well she does at making people know that there is space for them. Oh, I love and, that. I hope so. Um, 
Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Meg, thank you so much for being here and for all the good work that you're doing in the world. Thank you so much. I feel very special to have been on your podcast. Well, I love you, friend. (laughs) I love you too. Bye. Bye. This is Natalie Norton, and you have been listening to episode number 16 of Show Up with special guest, the amazing, the wonderful Meg Conley. And not only will we make certain that we include all of the different ways for you to connect with Meg and get more of her light and her magic in your own life in the show notes for this episode over at letsshowup.com, but also we will include the full audio recording of her wonderful presentation that she prepared for Alt Summit and performed for yours truly and for each and every one of you. Again, that will be in the show notes for episode number 16 at www.letsshowup.com. As always, my wonderful, wonderful friends, I love you. I believe in you. I am rooting for you. Your best is always enough. And now I'm going to do something a little bit differently to close out the show. I'm going to let Meg bring us home today because no one could say it any better than this. Advocacy begets advocacy. What if we allow ourselves to see the affected, be affected, and then affect change? Let me tell you what that looks like almost immediately, just with the number of people in this room. It means hungry people fed, community gardens grown, girls given access to menstrual supplies and STEM education. It means empowering the people who are already doing the work and feeling empowered to do the work ourselves. It doesn't mean a kinder, gentler world, but it means a world where the right fights are being fought. It means a world where we each wear the mask.